Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lay Bear podcast, an audio experience designed to decode leadership and inspire action. Being a forward-thinking leader and game changer, you've tuned in to discover pragmatic tips and hints on leadership from the very best leaders. Each episode is dedicated to sharing pragmatic stories from the field and more importantly, real examples of what successful leaders are actually doing to deliver at pace. With so much to share, let's hand over to your host, Graham Wilson. I'm feeling honoured and really excited about today's guest. Having worked with her and being part of her leadership journey for a number of years now, I really admire what she achieved in her leadership roles and more importantly, how she's gone about achieving that. She's the Chief Marketing Officer for Health at Alliance Partners based in Dublin and having spent over 30 years in health, most of which has been on an international remit leading multicultural teams, I'm sure she has plenty of ideas to share with us today. She has a mix of operational marketing and development experience and is always customer-centric in her approach. A warm welcome to a fantastic leader and amazing person, Paula Covey. Hello, Paula. Hi, Graham. I'm really excited to work with you today and, and listen to your story. I know we've worked together in the past for a long time. Uh, for Just for the people listening and not uh, met you before, tell us a little bit, Paula, about your your leadership journey so far? I guess I would describe myself as a generally a self-taught leader in that I started uh, in Bupa a long time ago and worked my way up through a, a variety of leadership positions. And I think I went through that typical journey that a lot of people go through where you get promoted because you're good at the task of the team mm. that, that mm. you're in. Maybe you're more efficient or you do it faster or, or, or you're the person that people come to to ask questions. And, and that generally is how people find themselves in their first leadership positions. And, and I think that um, that took me quite far. And the downside of that is that you you start to think that you need to be expert in everything. Mm. Um, and as you well know, because you were part of a journey for me, it's it's about how you can unhook that milestone of it's how you can unhook that milestone of experience mm. yeah so I think that whole thing where you you're weighted down with experience and and expertise and you have to make that transition and, and, and loosen up from that because you need other people to be the experts mm. um that that's the really big transition for me so a typical sort of journey of moving up through the ranks sort of head up to heads of department where I think that real leadership starts to come in you need multiple teams performing together mm. um my career has been a mixture of sort of operational roles and marketing roles and I guess that's the next the next big step for me was moving out of my comfort zone from operations into marketing roles mm. so whatever that is for, for people it's when you you really don't know the subject at all so you are completely reliant mm. on other people I think that's when you grow the most so then just I guess then eventually some lucky circumstantial things like businesses that I was in buying other businesses mm. and so on a variety of different uh, leadership positions and then uh, sort of director positions lo looking after large multinational teams in in different countries and then leading on to leaving Bupa uh, again another big transition for me from a leadership mm. perspective um, into a new organization Allianz and then um, yeah in, into my current position where ironically it is my expertise around health that is valued, but I'm still trying to hang on to the leadership piece. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one, that, isn't it? That transition where 
you know you are seen as a subject matter expert you've got all that expertise and knowledge yet really what what it's about is is leading through mm-hmm. strategy and people and and making sure the directions in place and giving people that autonomy and I see quite a lot when when you see it at board levels isn't it where you you have people who are fantastic at their job but I, I always talk about team one and team two so you see people don't you sat around a table and they're representing what I call you know their subject matter expertise and they're looking at things through their eyes of their expertise or their department or their business they run and rather than looking at it as a business as a whole so that transition is is a tough one isn't it around I need to take a holistic view now of the business and and look at it from a leadership point of view and from other departments that I know nothing about and how, how do we then sort of change the way we we look and have that discussion and dialogue so it's an interesting journey isn't it and you know, that transition you made right from Bupa from you know the individual contributor to team team leaders a, a tough one as well isn't it that transition is is massive is. I think um on, on the team side you have to go beyond what the books tell you on team there is one one particular turning point I think yeah, it was my first first time as a director mm. and something I, I'd put in wasn't working. And, you know, when you're just ignoring all the signs because you still want to believe that it's it's mm. going to work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd always I'd have described myself as a team player. And I thought I believed in the in the power of team. But I was I was I, I really didn't until this particular thing happened. So anyway, it was causing lots and lots of problems, lots of problems externally. The problem was visible externally. It was it was causing big challenge. And I was um, I was on a course at London Business School. It's a mm. two week intensive. And um, um, first night on, on the course and this thing blew up, you know, it, the, mm. the signs have been there, but this this problem blew up. And so I'm, I'm there away from, from yeah. the team. I'm phoning different members of the team. I'm trying to pull stuff together. And one of my team phoned me on day two and said, you're not helping. Um, you're really, really not helping. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're sending people in different directions. Uh, I want you to give us 24 hours. I want you to leave us alone for 24 hours. We'll come back to you with a plan. Wow. Um, now, you know, fantastic yeah. member yeah. of to having a team put the phone down and cried yeah um, <laughs> that courage had to kick in and isn't it to let them get on with it oh it was i mean i did i hardly slept mm. um they came back with the plan uh, there were a couple of bits of the plan i didn't like because they involved saying we got this wrong mm. and um but i went with it you know i i mm. went with it the, t- the team were right they were fired up about it they were enthusiastic they did all the stakeholder engagement they implemented um mm. i i didn't come back off the course um I, you know that's what i thought mm. i had to do but mm. they were like no we've got this um and they did a great job and they turned it around and that for me was a turning point on, on lots of different levels but the biggest one for me is that's what team is really yeah. about it's fact, I mean, that's testament to you to actually get the team in a place where they feel confident to be able to say that to you and, and do that, which is which is fantastic. And it's it's almost like when you're you know, when you're the leader, we're almost like taught that we have to be the people with all the answers, don't we? We're the expert, yeah. we're the head, you know, we're the leader. And we sort of get that from school, don't we, where teachers tell us whether we're right or wrong. And I guess that sort of that mindset is something that we've got to let go of, particularly in the senior role where you know, you employ really expert people don't you fantastic people in your teams and you've got to let them get on with it and it's tough sometimes and and the challenge then is 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 then around I guess thinking around well what is it I do it's almost like your role changes doesn't it from being the the subject matter expert to being the person who who runs the almost like 
facilitates the process, don't you, of, of getting the result? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it, it was by no means easy. I, I can still remember. It still makes me feel a bit physically sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I'm taking it. the result was good then in the end. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a really good result and great for the team as well. Yeah. You know, for what it did for their confidence and yeah, all yeah. kinds of things. And all, obviously ownership of the of the issue as well in, in, in resolving it and making sure it never happened again. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a huge amount from that. But but, you know, um, as leaders, our ego is often our worst enemy, isn't it? <laughs> it can be, can't it? Yeah. Yeah. We've got to let that go, haven't we? And, and remove that. And, yeah. It's around, I guess, that using that intellectual capital you have in your team, isn't it? And I think yeah, how many leaders mm-hmm. out there don't do that and feel like they've failed if they don't know the answers or or actually don't allow people to contribute to the answers and, and steamroll in and, and drive their, their own agenda without actually realising we've got people with this diverse set of views that we should be using to to really come up with some really great, great solutions. And particularly now, I guess, as well, isn't it, I suppose, in, in today's situation where we've got a, yeah. a completely new world to, to look at. Yeah, and no one's got all the answers either anymore. So, you know, it, it's going to have to be about listening and and altering as we go. Mm. Um, but but it's much more sort of principle driven, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think I think what's going on at the moment is the most amazing leadership teaching. <laughs> isn't it? It's around you know, in, in in complete uncertainty. All you can rely on is yeah, what's our purpose? What are our principles? What are our values? What are we trying to achieve? And then follow almost like your gut, haven't you, to say, well, is is what we're doing in little steps, is it is it going in the right direction? Well it is. Yeah, we can sleep at night, we've made the right decisions. And being brave about that, and and taking the opportunity, and and bringing in people to to really help and guide and support you in in that in that way. Yeah, and communication. You're just communication on the scale. Yeah. I think um, Jacinda Ardern. I think she's just. I, I mean, I've I've had the utmost respect for her um, since the the awful uh, killings mm-hmm. that happened in the in the mosque a couple of years back. Mm, and yeah. Just how she responded with such complete authenticity i mean she she wasn't following any rule books there she just responded from the heart and just reacted to these people Mm. as a human being and i thought that was incredible at the time but then seeing how she's dealt with corona as well Mm. it's just you know clear decision making human keeping it simple talking to people in a very genuine open way she's obviously built trust i know she hasn't got the whole country with her but just on the world stage she stands out Really? She does, doesn't she? She's. I think she's an incredible leader, and we can learn a lot, can't we, from from what she's doing and her approach and the decisions she's making, and and you know her empathy. I think is a big one, isn't it? A connection, yeah. and and actually you know, using using technology in, in a really positive way as well. I think something that we forget about that as a a leader, we have a a brand, don't we? A reputation that we have to manage, and I guess that's you know from your marketing background, that's something that obviously organisations need to do as well. But as leaders, yeah. we, we're on show, aren't we? Twenty four seven. All the time, yeah. Yeah, and we have to think about that, don't we? About your know, actions, uh, you know, what's our thinking, what's our behaviour, what emotions are we creating? And and I think you're right. I think yeah, you know, she's she's fantastic at what she does, and it'd be really interesting to see you know, how how many other people can learn from that as well and, and pick up and I can see all the business schools in the future using using her as a case study can't you as a, I hope as a so. role model yeah I hope so because I hope that there is a turning point because there's, there's a lot of you know a bit like I was saying paying lip surface to some of the the team methodology mm. uh, but still thinking you know deep down you still think that that you know better I think the same can be said for a lot of the leadership behaviours that we know have bigger impacts. 
but they're they're very quickly forgotten mm. um you know particularly usually in tough situations as well so i'm i am hoping that uh, this whole area of in you know this higher emphasis on emotional mm. intelligence mm. true authenticity rather than the male which I'm not, i don't mean in a gender yeah. respect yeah. Uh, type behaviors that certainly i grew up in you know, quite a lot mm. of my early sort of exec jobs were on all male teams for a long mm. time mm. and that definitely shapes and influences your your behavior i think you're right i think it's not just a gender thing isn't it it's almost like the world has big well was so competitive wasn't it where people are fighting for budgets they're fighting for positions where we're supposed to be working for the same organizations but we're, we're actually trying to fight for ourselves and our teams and and we, we can't have that anymore can we? we've got to take a more humanistic empathy collaborative uh, approach to, to leadership going forward and i think i think i guess the crisis we're in at the moment is, is almost like giving us a chance to stop and reflect on, on some of the behaviors and the obsession with ebitda and short-term results and bonuses and and things like that where i I know a lot of companies are are now starting to be more purpose-led aren't they and and being more humanistic and and actually that actually it's okay to take a a short time short time hitting the profit to support our people and and make sure it's not just always about uh the growth agenda we uh, we can actually look at running our organizations in different ways yeah yeah, I, I still think there is still a lot of lip service to that. Mm. Um, but yeah. I, I think it's becoming more and more important. And I think that in order to attract the talent, in order to attract the people now, you know, people are starting to make more decisions. Well, see, see what happens post this mm. economic crisis. But yeah. people are starting to make decisions about what sort of thing they want to work in. There were some mm. great stories when they're around people seeing working in the NHS now as more of a a career that they would want mm. to take seriously whereas i don't know six months ago it might have been to be on celebrity love island or something yeah you can, but, <laughs> you can but hope that drives some some major change in what people have down as important i think you're right. i think people are wanting now aren't they to to be more purpose-led aren't they and they want to make mm. a contribution they want to make a difference and and that's not just about hitting the the KPIs and stuff like that. It's, it's a bigger a bigger thing, isn't it? I think the organisations that are going to thrive are the ones that have a higher purpose and and they are about making a difference for for people and humanity in the world. And people will will flock to those businesses, won't they? And, and want to want to work there uh, rather than just you know the the old way of of working and delivering results for for people. I think it's I think it's it is a shift definitely. What would you say your leadership philosophy is, Paula, in terms of what you've learned so far? I think there's a big piece for me, which is getting the obstacles out of people's way. Mm. So, yes, clear clear vision. What what is it we're here to do, and and get people engaged in that um, by by really seeking opinion. Yeah. In any new team that I've taken on, regardless of situation that that's always worked best you know sitting down and, and talking to people about what you see and what they see in, in very honest frank terms and it, it's a lot easier to do that really early on when before your mm. you you get vested interest in some of the decisions that you start making yeah so that that's always key you know what where do we want to get to and what's really in our way and then the biggest thing i think as a leader is you just need to set your team off and then just keep looking for how you get that stuff out of their way Mm. whether it be a resource challenge how another function is is working with them uh, a wider leadership challenge a, i don't know a, a business alignment issue 
resource you know normal resource planning whatever it is it's just getting the obstacles out of the way and then you've just got to keep I think the challenge comes year two year three <laughs> and the philosophy when you've, you've like I say you've got some money in the bank you've, you've been behind some decisions and trying to keep that objectivity that you have mm. at the beginning around what's what's right to do because some of it might be saying well actually this didn't work we yeah absolutely. Do something else how do you personally create a clear vision because I guess that's pretty tough at the moment, isn't it? Where we've got so much disruption and uncertainty and complexity and ambiguity. What what do you personally do to to create that clear vision for people? Like I say, talking to them about yeah. what what the piece is overall. I really listen to the words that people use. Okay. Um, and it's it's always quite interesting how they describe things, and it tells you a lot about where they are. So, for example, one one of the early conversations in my, in my current role. One of the early conversations, really excellent team team member, one of my direct reports, was I was talking about creating more emotional engagement. <clears throat> and they said, yeah, but the problem is uh, we're not sexy, are we? We're just insurance. Really? And I said, seriously, you you don't think that health and guaranteeing someone's going to get access to the right care mm-hmm. no matter where in the world they need to go for it you don't think that's a a sexy yeah <laughs> sexy thing yeah. to be part of and she just looked at me and blinked a couple of times and she said oh I always just thought we just do insurance wow so you just you yeah I think I just have to tune into the to the words that people are using and you have to yeah. see things from their point of view it always has to be something emotional for me. Yeah. Um, that's just a, that's a personal driver for me. I think it is for a lot of people, but it doesn't work for everyone. Mm. And then if you can if you can build that story, then you sort of take that story on the road a little bit. You know, you test yeah. it out with a few people, and you just watch the reaction, see which bits work. Yeah, so true. And I think I find that a lot working with senior teams when I say to them, I say, yeah, what what is your strategy for your business? And, and and people don't really have a strategy. They might be able to tell me what the numbers are they're trying to achieve that year, <laughs> what mm-hmm. the goals are. But they, they find it difficult to link that that purpose, don't they, to to the vision, to then the strategy. And I think yeah. that, you say, creating that story and building that story and joining the dots and linking together is, is absolute clarity about, you know, why do we do things? You know, who are we as a business? Why do we do what we do? What is it we should be doing and how do we do it? I think our are key things aren't they that we we tend to miss because we're so busy in the tactical and the operational and the red dots and all the the crisis stuff that's going on we forget to to tell that story so i think right i think you know i always talk about empowerment having three things really around one is direction yeah which is your clear vision uh, approach and and purpose and and values and goals second thing is autonomy and then support yeah that that direction is often often the missing piece isn't it very often it was quite it's, it's been quite telling for me how how that there is um in in different organizations a smaller and smaller number of people who actually know what the strategy and the purpose is mm. um you know because it, it can be the best one in the world but if it's not got legs and is not mm. you know filtered and lived and breathed and enriched yeah. by the rest of the business it's kind of pointless you hear these stories, don't you, where they say that you talk to the chief executive, they go, well, we had that conference. Yeah, we had the we had the launch. Yeah, we've told them it's on the walls, <laughs> but, but then no one's ever talked about it ever since. They're too worried about trying to hit short term tactics. You know? so it's yeah, a, the, 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 what's that expression? 
the dance and the music have to add up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. What, what is it we do every day? And if you're not reminding people or actually making decisions that link to your purpose and values and goals, then, then people forget it very soon, don't they? And they, yeah. we, we create a, a system that's driving the behavior that we don't want. And then we wonder why people are behaving in a certain way. I know uh, when we were on a program together, it was that Inspire and Excellence program all those years ago. Mm-hmm. One of the things you talked about, we did um, a consultancy project, didn't we, where we went out to different organizations and one of the things that you said to me, which really stuck with me for a long time, really, is around it's really easy to solve problems when you haven't got that emotional connection or that yeah. emotional commitment. And it's something that you just said there that, that came up that, that reminded me about that. And is that something that you've sort of worked on since then? Yeah, I think that's kind of what I meant about the ego piece as well. It's something right. I really remind myself of often mm. um, because the objectivity that you have at the beginning of a new role or in a new organization gives you so much clarity. Mm. So if you can train your brain to keep leaping into that objectivity mindset as you learn more about the organization, which is an in, you know, that those are insights, you you understand where more assets and things are that you can mm. play with. Obviously your your network grows. So all of mm. the advantages of being in a in a company for a longer amount of time and the leverage you can have with that with the objective mindset that's the challenge I found every time something has gone has gone wrong or I'm not getting the results that I I want to have I always start by questioning what my intent and where my what what my driver is Mm, that's interesting Mm. you you can't help but slip back into that defense Mm. mechanism sounds a bit too blase but at the end of the day that's what it is because you're protecting something you know whether it be subconscious or conscious there's what the longer you've been in a role the more things you've built the more vested interest you've got the more things that you're linking to your own reputation to say this no longer works or I thought this would work and it didn't or this is mm-hmm. a this is a big change now or I got this wrong mm. it's it's quite difficult or it was fit for purpose but it it's not now we need to change tack um, absolutely I, I've um, I've heard stories where senior people have told me they said things like well yeah, we have a meeting before the meeting, so yeah. we 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 need to yeah, and it'd be things like, oh, you you can't tell them that, or you can't say that, and and it is it's that whole protection piece, isn't it? And what that links for me really is as as leaders, we need to if if we know if we have that clarity of, of what we're here to do and our purpose, our goals and our values and what we're really about as a business, then you know we need to have that courage, don't we, to be able to say it as it is and. There are so many organizations and so many leaders who don't really say it as it is and are too frightened to to get into that conflict situation and see conflict as bad. And and I yes. think sometimes, you know, as, as a leader, we, we need to have that almost like take that breath, don't we? And say, right, I believe this. I think my intent is right for, for sharing this, but I'm going to say it. And, and the fear we have, of course, is that we then, we then lose our jobs long term, don't we? Or we lose our reputation or whatever. And we're seen as a, a negative or challenging person. But but we need to have that, don't we? We need to have that courage to say it as it is. Yeah, I think I'm less. I'm. I'm. I'm rarely worried about losing my job these days. I mean, that would have been. You know, you get to a certain point in your career, don't you? You've got financial mm. stability and stuff like that. I definitely think you can be braver, and I yeah. think bravery is a great leadership trait. Yeah. Um, it's just being conscious about people's emotions and mm. uh, and their own feelings just because I'm training myself to try and leave my ego at the door and I'm, I'm yeah. by far <laughs> uh, far <laughs> off of being uh, being good at doing that. It doesn't mean other people 
mm. are able to do that. And and you have to bear in mind how they're going to react to certain things. So it's more it's more sort of trying to create trust in your peer group. You know, I spend I, I think I put a lot more effort into understanding and working on my peer relationships. Yeah. Because ultimately that's how that's the best thing I can do for my team for us to achieve the well yeah. the organizational goals as well. But also if you've got that trust and intent, you can have more direct conversations. Absolutely. I guess yeah that's interesting though, is that the time that it takes to build your network, do the mm. stakeholder management stuff, build your peer network, build the networks outside of your business as well. And if you're stuck in that management mindset where you know you are the the person with all the answers everything's got to go through you then you're not building your team for a start so the good people tend to leave and the people who should leave tend to stay uh, but yeah. but it also it doesn't give you the time to do the things that perhaps you should be doing as a leader which is spending time thinking reflecting talking to people and you mentioned that i've written down on the paper there around leadership really is around conversations because you talked Andy, about creating that clear vision around yeah. talking to people really listening to what they say you know, trying to understand the words they use to describe things you know you talked about that that sexy sort of uh, story mm-hmm. which is which is so true isn't it where you know, clearly that, that that person hasn't really linked to the impact they have as a you know you're having as a business and, and what you're yeah. really about and you know what the real what the real business is it's you know the business it's not about insurance is it it's about the impact we have on people's lives yeah hugely hugely and i think that's that conversation piece as well is linked to the bravery because it means that you can you can find yourself in very difficult conversations and mm. you it's okay to start dialogue about something and you don't know where it's going to go or you don't have the answer yeah because it's about well where's where's the interest and, and what do people think that was that was definitely a big change for for my current team uh, when I joined them culturally for a variety of, of reasons but it, it is quite interesting and it, it's it's absolutely magical when the lights go on for people and they realize that you're quite serious about mm. Mm. yeah <laughs> really speaking their minds yeah absolutely I think it's right it's interesting when you were talking I was thinking about the fact that early on in our careers we don't really get developed do we in terms of the art of conversations you know we're too busy trying to do stuff aren't we and get tasked on and stuff like that and I think maybe even back in schools maybe we need to spend some more time looking at how do you have conversations what what do you need what skill sets do you need you know how do you how do you have real good conversations with people because I guess you've probably seen it as well some of the meetings that we get involved in are just dire aren't they in terms of the the depth of conversation or things aren't being said as they should be said or people not actually listening or not yeah. even being in a room or on their phones or whatever and we we don't we don't really spend time really thinking about that around okay as as a team or as a as a leader I need to really develop my conversational skills not just from a presentational point of view but a real dialogue conversations yeah. a bit like I always link it to yeah I'm not a big fan of of the old world performance management systems or the appraisals I'm I'm a big fan of conversations with people on a regular basis and I can remember years ago we were working with a company and they they were looking at empowered leadership so they decided to take out the clocking in and clocking out system as a manufacturing business and it was amazing the emotion that created when the the senior sort of team announced it to the the sort of middle managers and, and team leaders where they were distraught that they were taking out this clocking in clocking out system and they, they seemed to be like really shocked and and what they realized is that the the team leaders were using that as a discipline tool yeah. 
had never really had conversations with people before and, and didn't know how to have conversations with people. And it wasn't until we, we need to develop people first in terms of having conversations as leaders. And then they will see that we need to take out the, the clocking in, clock out system, which, which is what we did. And it was a great success. But it's not something we really focus on as leaders, is it, really, in terms of, I don't know, the MBAs that are out there and stuff like that. It'd be interesting to see whether that is a, a hot topic for people in the future. Oh, it has to be, I think. I mean, it's been coming for a while and I just, you know, in the same, I've been saying the same in our in our strategy, we're, we're still going to do all the same things. We've just had an accelerator from COVID, you know, mm. um, and, and I think it's true on all of this dialogue stuff um, and the clocking in, clocking off. I mean, every organisation has got its equivalent. Yeah. It's just a lot easier to deal with facts, isn't it, than emotion? Yeah, yeah. That's true. You know, because emotion means you've got to have an opinion. You've got to talk about it having some kind of personal impact. It's not necessarily black and white. There are tricky individuals out there that make it very difficult. And HR policy and, you know, what I've been exposed to over the years, things like workers' councils in Germany. Mm. And, and I mean, it's it's a whole different ballgame. Unless you've got that nailed down in clear facts, mm. it's very yeah, difficult true. to do anything. There's a lot that needs to change. It's fascinating because I always look at how how does that policy or, or that procedure, how does that drive behavior? And mm. I've seen it in, in certain organizations where there's a culture that if you're going to be five minutes late, then you're going to get into serious real trouble. So what people do is they don't go to work. They just take a sick day. And I'm thinking, what? That's just crazy. So why would you why would you create a culture that people are terrified of being five or ten minutes late? They then take the whole day off. Why would you do that? But but those sort of things exist, don't they? And and it's crazy. Yeah. That sort of links into the whole challenge and as a leader of, of looking at the the business as a system. You know, are we in the right direction, the right policies, procedures that's driving the right behaviours that get the right activity done that that then get us the results we're looking for? Yeah. And that's why the the purpose and the the vision and the the strategy, you know, the key component parts of the strategy need to come off the paper to be felt by the the people who who are who are doing it. Um, you know, if if I think about uh, many of the standout situations that I've I've been lucky enough to have over my career, you know, the sort of really big wins. A lot of it come, comes down to the personal efforts that people have put in to mm. go above and beyond and you, you only get that if people really understand what the organization is about and are prepared to take mm-hmm. individual risks because it's difficult to measure effort isn't it we, we tend not to focus on the effort we tend to look at the outcome the result mm. and, and everything goes on that result whereas people are putting the effort in and they're not getting the results then we need to support them don't we to develop them to work in a more efficient and effective way to get the results we want but we, we tend to measure them don't we on the output they've had rather than the input that they're doing and, and help them to decide on what should be the input they're doing to get the results we want yeah in terms of your sort of look on leadership what what would you look for in a leader what would make a great leader for you the whole bravery thing is really important for me mm-hmm. someone is prepared to go out on a limb take a risk swim upstream a little bit i i that I always find that um, inspiring and maybe it appeals to the, the rebel in me, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really like that. And I've got that in my, my current boss, boss in, in spades. And it's been great, you know, because I really know health and they know the company mm-hmm. that I'm working for and how to navigate it. And so the combination is, is really, really good. They have to be someone that I like, I, I learn from. There has to be something that I feel that they're good at or they've, they know how to do or something I want to learn from them and and to be honest I've learned some of my best leadership lessons from some of my worst bosses you know (laughs) true is that it's funny they stick don't they those (laughs) I was having this conversation with my son because we were he's he's entered the business world 
in recent years and, and we were talking about leadership and I said to him, well, you, he was moaning about a particular boss that he had. And I said, the thing is, George, what you need to take from this is when you're in his position, what you mm-hmm. won't do because of what you've seen and how you would do it differently. And he he'd said to me just recently, I've never forgotten that, Mum, that I'll, I'll learn <laughs> probably yeah. more lessons from the bad bosses. That's um, true. That's so time. true, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but not forgetting that that we need to sort of look for the the good bits, don't we, as well? And and thinking, actually, I really like that. That's that's what I'm going to do. I like that bit. And and model yourself on some of that stuff. As long as it's authentic and, and links to who you are, then then it's good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last one for me is trust. It's yeah. got to be someone I trust because you know I want to be able to go out on a limb. I like to push boundaries as well. It, I know I'm not talking about doing uh, ridiculous stuff but it's got to be someone who can and you have to earn that trust of course Mm. it's a two-way street and and the more open my boss can be with me the more I am with them and vice versa and and that Mm. builds a really really good strong relationship so those are my ideals really that that bravery piece someone who's who's prepared to push boundaries the trust and and yeah someone I can learn from it's interesting you know I sort of ask this question quite a bit in the programs I run around so how many of you have got KPIs around trust or bravery or mm. <laughs> and it's interesting that we don't we tend, don't tend to sort of look at that do we 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 sort of take that and then we purely look at the results so some great insights so how how would you like to be seen as a leader Paula what, what's your leadership legacy would you say I would I don't know how to say it succinctly but it, it's something about that People that I've worked with um, are now doing things they didn't know that they could do. Mm. There's definitely something about helping people know what's possible. Yeah. Um, or helping them take that next step towards what's possible. So some some of those people have just taken it and, and done mm. some incredible, amazing things. And for some people, it's just to have moved to that, that next um, spot on their journey or to realize they're on the wrong path and go and do something completely different. Whatever yeah. it is, that's what I'd like what a great, to be. Great legacy. You, you know, my purpose is always always around awakening possibility in people to deliver extraordinary results. And I guess that's what you're saying there, isn't it? Is, is helping people to move beyond their, their current mindset and, and be able to operate and, and achieve things they never thought possible. And it's so, so rewarding that as a leader, isn't it, to see that? And yeah. You might imagine if, if, if we were leaders and we just spent our time really focusing on that with our teams, you know, what difference that would make. And, and you did that with that example you gave of your team telling you to back off and enjoy your course and, and let us get on with the problem. It's testament to that, isn't it? Because they felt confident to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and frustrated. It <laughs> 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 might, might give you a different version of the story. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm still in contact. It happened quite a long time ago and I'm still in contact with all of them. So I'm hoping that's Brilliant. a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Well, it's been fantastic. I yeah, could talk to for you for hours around uh, leadership, some really great insights. What I, what I talk about there is you know, the importance of having a clear vision, but to actually create that by talking with people and listening mm. and really having that dialogue and conversations and linking to their emotions. And really then once that clear vision is in place, you see the role really is about removing the things that are stopping them from being successful, what's getting in their way, uh, removing the blockers and, and taking that that real inclusive approach to be able to do that and, and having some really good conversations and dialogue with people. It's, it's quite succinct then, isn't it? When you think about it, it's quite a straightforward role that you have, but there's lots of things that can get in our ways that stop us from doing that. So yeah. a big, big, big thank you for me, Paula. And I'm sure people listening to it will get some really good insights and ideas from there. But how do we find out about you and what you're up to? 
Well, if you're interested, I guess I'm on LinkedIn. So right. that's probably the easiest place okay. to um, to find find me. And I'm, I'm normally pretty good at responding to any messages that I get. Okay, I'll put the link on LinkedIn for you. I'll, I'll put that in the notes somewhere for the, the podcast so people can get those and see that. But thanks, Paul. That's been, that's been brilliant. Thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you again. A big thank you for listening to the Leadership Lay Bear podcast with me, Graham Wilson. For more information on our guest leader and to find out how we can support you, check out the links in the description and look out for our next Leadership podcast. Remember, Leadership is all about taking action. Make sure you connect and apply the lessons learned. Have fun and bye for now.